You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Uh, been a few days. Uh, missed you all. Uh, had it had an illness, had to go through the whole protocol that goes along with it. The testing, this, that, and the other thing, uh, just turned out to be a severe upper respiratory infection. Um, and just due to the cold weather and other things, it affected me a little bit deeper and worse, uh, than in times past. Uh, but all's good. We are back. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, talk some Browns here with Mr. Pete Smith from SI.com. Today's Locked On Browns is brought to you by the fine folks over at Built Bar. And Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Uh, So things have happened NFL-wise with a neat little Browns twist uh, over the past uh, time since, uh, you know, had to uh, take a little respite, charge the batteries, obviously doctor's orders here. And part of it was just, you know, how much I could actually talk without, you know, producing a large amount of phlegm or take myself out of breath. Um, But to start here, um, Carson Wentz and certainly a bantied about name as far as the Cleveland Browns, uh, Recently traded Pete from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts. The Philadelphia Eagles, who invested a ton in Carson Wentz, they are going to eat a ton of money of their cap in 2021 for a player who is not going to play for them. He is off to the Indianapolis Colts for a pick exchange that, you know, the Eagles tried to trump it up. They tried to pretend the offers were more than what they were. Colts bit for the second year in a row. Uh, the Colts for being put in the difficult position that they were with Andrew Luck retiring, uh, you know, when he did and kind of catching the franchise and the franchise's plans off guard. A couple of things here, Pete. Um, you know, Wentz has moved on. Um, all the talk, you know, about you know how this was another player that the Browns passed upon. And I do want to bring this one up. Are the Colts any better, Pete, than they were last year? Yes. Um, yeah, they are, they're, they are better. And obviously hope, hoping uh, everything goes well on your end. It's always tough when, you know, the elderly gets sick. We, you know, we hate seeing that. Um, but, yeah, they, the biggest thing. You're joining thing, this club in, like, less than a year. You understand that, right? I, I'm way behind you. Uh, but uh, the, the Colts, uh, the biggest thing the Colts didn't have last year was a, a deep passing game. Um, it hurt my shoulder to watch um, Philip Rivers try to heave the ball more than you about 15 yards. That, like, like it looked like it was going to four steps and hopefully I can throw it as far as I can. Yeah, two crow hops and a, and a and <laughs> almost shoulder falling off to, to get it 25 yards. So, I mean, that's a big, big advantage. And obviously, um, you know, obviously Carson Wentz has some mobility. So since you're, you're, you're losing Rivers and you're going to probably lose Brissett, who I don't think they used enough last year, um, he gives you a little bit of both. 
Um, uh, that could, could help. Obviously, he's got to get a lot better. But the, the biggest thing with the Colts is they aren't asking him to carry the offense. The Eagles had nothing else. So you've got a, a good offensive line. Uh, you've still got to find a left tackle. But you've got a nice running back. You've got some weapons. Obviously, they've got to find more. T.Y. Hilton is a free agent, for example. Uh, but you're asking to be more of a support player as opposed to the dude, which should make a big difference. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously, Frank Reich um, had more success with Wentz when he was with Philadelphia, so so maybe there's partly uh, some help there. But it just gives them more uh, in, in terms of what they can do. And it's not unlike – you know, the Browns issues, you know, Philip Rivers was limited in where he could go. And it sort of uh, gave you limitations on what the running game could do. That's not on, on, you know, indifferent to what the Browns are dealing with. It's just that their weapons were the ones that sort of limited their scope. So I think it'll work. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if, you know, I don't immediately pencil, uh, the Colts into the Super Bowl or anything. I have, I think they have enough roster issues to to address, but I I, I think they're going to be easily be the favorite in that division. I think they're going to make the playoffs, and you know I, I hope Miles Garrett and uh, gets his chance to finally get him. That the biggest thing the the Colts will need to do is just get the ball out of his hands quicker. Um, obviously, when the Browns played the Eagles, you know that was a huge issue uh, with him. He took obviously a ton of sacks, and and that was a big reason the Browns won. But um, I, I do think this will work. It's just a question of will it be enough. Obviously, you're making this trade with the intent of winning a Super Bowl. I, you know, is that going to is that going to do enough? I don't know. But I, I, I fully expect the Browns and and Colts to be in the playoffs next year. My question is, Pete, was this ever the right move for the Eagles when they paid Carson Wentz the way they did? Um, there was obviously a Super Bowl title that Carson Wentz was having a phenomenal season up until that point. Uh, the team rallied past that, around that, whatever terms you want to use, and still ended up obviously winning that Super Bowl title over the New England Patriots. They paid Wentz, they paid him handsomely, and it, it you know they never got the bang for the buck uh, for what they were willing to commit to him financially and I think that's maybe where things you know kind of got hazy because the last two years where the Eagles weren't as good and went sadly last year in the playoffs uh with Jadavian Clowney you know taking him essentially out of the game it, it seemed like he they thought he was the man but they didn't really have proof that he was well Wentz was good the previous two years, he was awful this year. It, part of that is the Eagles have been one giant injury for the last three seasons. Um, they, you know, every year they lose players to to you know these catastrophic injuries, which raises its own questions into what they're doing. But uh, you know, whether it's Jason Peters or, or some of their defensive backs or you know Alshon Jeffrey, a lot of these guys just never play. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you put more and more on Wentz, uh, and ultimately this past year is when it's sort of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I think the contract when it was signed is entirely defensible. Um, I don't think it's Joe Flacco where clearly the fact that they were stretching everything so thin uh, in that option year when he won the Super Bowl um, wasn't uh what was you know is obviously a big reason they had to lose a lot of players to sort of keep Flacco. I don't think it was that situation. But clearly 
um, things have changed and it's gotten, you know, this, this past year was sort of the bottom. So, uh, you know, I think if he kept playing like he had been the previous two years, he would have been fine. They wouldn't be happy uh, because the team's still bad. But the problem is the uh, more of a roster issue than a Wentz issue this year. There's no defending it. He was just awful. But in general, their roster has fallen apart out from under them. Uh, you won the Super Bowl. You're going to take that. But it's weird and unusual just how fast everything fell apart from out from under them. That they go from, you know, one of, obviously winning the Super Bowl to one of the worst teams in the league, you know, seemingly overnight. It, it, it you know it took a couple of years, but just the, the, the how bad things went and it's not like they were trying they kept adding players they kept trying to be competitive and it just didn't work so now they feel like they're a team that's sort of caught in the middle of something where you know they should rebuild and it's a question of whether they're really really ready to acknowledge that and and do that or if they're going to sort of try to make a half measure uh, it seems like they understand the situation, but you know we'll see. They, they, if that's the case, then the Browns or other teams could be looking at them um, as an opportunity to make some trades or um, you know see if they they release anybody else. Obviously, Alshon Jeffrey was released today. Not a big deal. Deshaun Jackson was already released. No, thank uh, you. No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, like, so it's not like you know Fletcher Cox is not sitting there. Uh, but you know, Javon Hargrave is not sitting there, but the, you know, there are players that you could theoretically be interested in, um, from the Eagles down the line. Yeah. It would be interesting uh, the way it's going to play out and look, uh, even though, you know, Washington won the NFC East this past season, it's, you still have no idea. And, you know, of course this is before free agency, before the draft, uh, you know, about where anybody could be. Um, I'm assuming, it's going to be a you know a little bit of a you know a, a big you know it's going to be a bigger cap strap for the Eagles this year. They've always been great at this um, with a full amount of cap. Um, this year maybe a little bit different uh, with the wiggle room they're going to have with the you know the albatross of the fact that you know how much money they're going to carry from Carson Wentz, even though the fact that he's not going to be a part of this team. But it doesn't mean you can't find a way. I mean, you know, everybody would have laughed, you know, if you'd said last August that the Washington Football Team will be hosting a playoff game and the playoffs as champions of the NFC East. So it's not, you know, it, it's, it's a benefit to them. It behooves them to be in the NFC East because you don't necessarily have to do a lot to, you know, be top dogs. You know, somebody's going to eventually get it right within that conference and have the opportunity to go on a three, four or five year run. Um, but for right now, that's not really in the cards for any of those teams. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Uh, I know Pete's been, you know, batting around um, you know, mock draft Monday, you know, we'll, we'll talk a couple of prospects. We got a bunch of questions here to get to in the final segment. And we will do that on the latest current Monday edition of locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. As we said earlier, this episode is brought to you by built bar built bar with 18 amazing flavors and counting. Yeah, that's a tease including nut and non-nut flavors. Six of the new current, current new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. 
Bill Bar is great for the health conscious, guy or gal, to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, the flavor profile. For your cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carb. Go to BillPar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BillPar.com. Pete, we get closer and closer, and it's weird. We should be talking combine right now. We should be doing positional previews ahead of the combine. It's just not the case here for 2021. Uh, and as we start to you know open things up here and look a little deeper into prospects, because this is, you know, and I know the Elijah Moore tweet took a, a lot of run yesterday. Guys, it's not necessarily you know this guy at this spot or it's it's this guy can play and pete and i have always enjoyed draft coverage you know it's what you know where essentially what you know put pete on the map what put us on the map uh as far as that's where i started that's what you know it is kind of put the show on the map as far as you know things you know we were able to do other than just sit here and talk rounds day in day out which we absolutely love to do which you know i love to do you know i have an obligation i committed to this gig just to do this, but there's so much more that goes into it. And there's, you know, you know what you need. You need wide receiver help. You need edge help. You need secondary help. Pete, we've talked about this, you know, as, as you know, and, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, and I saw your tweet today about, you know, what PFF, you know, projected his, you know, contract for the 2021 season at, um, it may be an opportunity for the Browns where they can just say, Hey, maybe we can handle D tackle in house, which would be great. And, you know, anything you can eliminate before you get to the draft, which gives the Browns the flexibility, move up, move down, accumulate future picks, which is something you probably certainly want to look into with, you know, the, you know, this draft process is even more weird than last year's. But Pete, as far as wide receiver, Guys that can get after the quarterback, secondary help. And for all of you out there chirping about it, yes, we'll talk. Pete, is there an athletic couple of linebackers we could maybe find late day two or on day three that can fly around a football field? Uh, well, yes. I, I don't love it on day two. I think day three's the sweet spot where they can get linebackers. You always think that's where the sweet spot is. Well, I do, but uh, I, I also think that's what the Browns are, are looking at this year. Um, so the one one guy I think stands out for what the Browns want is Monty Rice from Georgia. Yes. Uh, okay, so, so let's start here. I think the Browns defense wants to get um, heavier in the middle and be able to sort of soak up blockers to protect the back end so they can fly around and make tackles. In other words – you know, as much as they can avoid it, they don't want blockers getting down the field and being able to get to the linebackers and stuff like that. They just want speed guys to fly around. Um, so in that vein, Monty Rice is a guy who's not going to be great at taking on blocks, but he is good at running around uh, and making tackles. Uh, he's from Georgia, uh, has a bunch of experience. He's a smart guy. I, I don't think he, you know, he, he's sort of in the same vein as, as Phillips. I don't think he's quite as good as Phillips as a prospect, but if they like that mold, 
that's a guy that's pretty good. The other way, if you go the complete opposite way, um, the the kid I I absolutely love is uh, Jamin Davis from Kentucky. Um, he's not as fast, uh, but he's not a guy who's going to mess around. He knows exactly where he wants to go on the field and he goes through it in a straight line through anyone in his way. He is an absolute artist when it comes to taking on and shedding blocks. Uh, and he gets to the ball carrier. He he has not done much of anything in coverage this year. Uh, he's only a one-year starter. So like he is raw, but his talent in that sense is absolutely incredible so if the browns want a sub package situation where they want say andrew billings and jordan elliott in the middle and they want Sione Taki Taki and a guy like davis in there that are going to just destroy inside and be able to work out to uh make run stops those are great i think davis has upside uh i think he's more athletic than than some might i think there's a lot to like about him uh, but right now he's just a fen- phenomenal uh, player at, 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 in that area of the game, in the box, Take, getting through trash, doing those type of things. He, and the thing is he barely played any coverage. He did end up with three picks uh, this year. Uh, one of them was a really, really nice play. Uh, one was tipped. You know, So, I mean, there's some element of luck with that. They're like, you know, Taki-Taki type picks where – you know, or BJ Goodson type picks where the ball yeah, finds not, you. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what they were. So, I mean – you know, you you can fool yourself into thinking, well, this guy's a really good coverage guy based on these highlights, um, but it's the similar deal. And I think with the Browns, their approach to linebacker is they can go to from one extreme to the other, where they don't need a full service, you know, three down linebacker. They just need guys who can fill the fill these roles. So if they, you know, can can get a guy like you know, Taki Taki to, to take out the trash on first down and force them into obvious passing downs, they can go to the Phillipses and Amani Rice type uh and and, and play that. I, I you know ultimately I think the Browns want to uh have fewer linebackers on the field. I think maybe one is ultimately where they'd love to be able to get to or sometimes zero if they get the right personnel just to play faster and be able to uh cover as well. But uh, that is sort of you know, the, the, the type of landscape. I don't expect them to take sort of these um, all-in-one type guys that, like, you know, if you believe uh, Zayvon Collins is that type of guy, I don't. But if you believe that or Micah Parsons, I just don't think the Browns are in the market for that guy. Um, so – you know, if you want a late round, later round guy that that I think could be, you know, sort of in that mix. Uh, what's his name? Chase Stewart from Houston. Um, he's a former safety. He just plays with his hair on fire all the time and just runs around. Uh, he was at the Senior Bowl. He, okay, undersized guy. But that's the other thing is I think you know you, you're going to get towards more like that two thirty area as opposed to like, you know, Collins obviously two sixty. Um, now, personally, I'd love to see him lose some weight uh, and get quicker if he can. Uh, but uh, that's sort of the the setup we're looking at for this draft. And, and to me, I, it's a bad draft for linebackers. There are not very many good ones. And I know people are going to tell you all about how the Ohio State guys are good. Unless you watch them, then they're bad because you watch them get beat by everybody. Um, I don't want any of them. So 
it's a really limited field in that respect. The, you know, one of the guys I like the best is is going back to school for another year, uh, unless he changes his mind. And that's a kid from Rutgers, which is uh, Fadu Kasi's uh, little brother. Yep. He's really good, uh, but he's allegedly going back to school. Greg Shiano must have uh, definitely slipped one there. Pete, a popular name for the Browns as far as pick 26 is uh, edge player Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Tate this year was fine, uh, played great. Um, but I just don't understand, you know, this was a player that, you know, essentially had to retire at UCLA. I, I don't know how an analytic educated with so many boxes to be checked, the way you know the Browns will work a board. How does a player like this? I mean, I, I get it if you're just you know, tunnel visioning and going straight from tape, but you have to weigh in these other factors. And you know, even if the Browns loved them, I just don't see that that's a educated gamble that they're going to take on an essential position such as the opposite to miles garrett well of course this could all be alleviated if you know jj watt ever wants to stop playing with his dogs and make a decision well first uh jj watt um uh if he signs with the browns uh, i'm still very interested in taking an edge player as soon as possible but i don't like jalen phillips i'm not a doctor i don't know who he's talked to i don't know who suggested he medically retire um all I can tell you is, you know, from everything I've learned about concussions, if you properly treat them and allow them to heal, uh, they're not supposed to have long-term damage. Um, you know, that may change. The science may evolve and say that's crap. Um, the bigger concern is just sort of the repeated, uh, you know, sort of head trauma that doesn't actually lead to the concussions, um, which is – uh, a problem in, in any number of sports. Uh, but uh, if you come to the conclusion that Jalen Phillips is a one contract player, you have to decide when you take that. And that's not in the first two rounds. Um, and that's what I think is ultimately going to happen. I think he's going to end up in the third or fourth round. Um, you you have to be using those you know first and second round picks on guys you are, are hoping are going to be here for two contracts. Uh, it, you know, it, obviously the Browns took Nick Chubb. Um, you know, that's why there are people who don't like that pick, um, even though he's been a superstar is, you know, he's going to get through this contract and he's likely going to be gone. Uh, but especially in the first round, you're picking that guy to be here for two contracts. So that, you know, I don't know what doctor, you know, I don't know if Dr. Nick Revere is going to show up and say, you know, he's perfectly fine to, you know, continue his career. All I know is this, whoever picks him, the first second he you know he comes up limping or whatever, everybody's going to immediately pronounce that pick a bust, uh, and that's a you know that's a tough situation to be in for the player. You knew he was hurt going into this. Why did you take him anyway? Yeah, so I mean, like there there will be people who who tell you know say oh I, I want him at twenty six or whatever pick your team is, and then those same people will be the ones going why what, you know why didn't we see this coming when you know something happens to him? Um, in all, he has had one good half of season of football. And I grant that the, the tape he put up is very impressive, but it's one half season of good football. And that's its own concern for me. So um, I am not interested in Jalen Phillips at all. 
Uh, I am very much interested in his teammate, uh, Greg, Gregory Rousseau. Um, yes, unless, you know, we find out that that kid has robbed a liquor store or that, you know, the year of off-season training that he's been doing because he opted out. You know, he has he opt out because he's just lazy. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if like he, we find out he didn't do anything uh, and he's, you know, not a great athlete, but you, you go back to his freshman year. Um, and he was a legitimate phenom at uh, 19 years old. Now, you can absolutely point out accurately that he didn't really have a position. Um, they basically just said, you go here, go get the quarterback. And it was often in, in front of a guard or a center. Um, he's just faster than everybody, so he dominated. But he had, you know, 15 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss, you know, at 19 years old in the ACC. So, you know, which he could, back. which he could do for the Browns. Yeah, they so can I'm, put him in a scheme specific where it's shoot that gap as fast as you can, 100 million miles an hour. Don't worry about it. We have the other guys. So, like, this goes back to the Watt thing. If they get Watt, um, and yeah. you know, it's third down and 11. They put Watt on the interior, and Miles Garrett's coming off one edge, and you've got you know Gregory Rousseau over a guard or the other tackle. You know, it's just a it's just a, basically a defensive weapon who's six six and allegedly two hundred sixty pounds who can fly. You know, that's sort of like the ideal project you could have for a, a position that he's just this weapon that hopefully gets you know gets after the quarterback consistently, and and they're having to double. You know, these other guys and Sheldon Richardson's still there and, you know, Adrian Claiborne's still there. And Gregory Rousseau is just, you know, that kind of guy who comes in and gets 10 sacks as a rookie because nobody can really focus on him. Uh, and he's just sort of freed up to get that quick pressure. So if you're talking about Miami, I'm way more interested in Rousseau. I, I wish I knew more about the situation, why people are down on him. If it's just sort of a absence type deal that he hasn't been around or if there's genuine concerns about his situation, but uh, I'm a no on Phillips and, and a, and a very much a yes on Rousseau. Yeah. And look, I mean, this where we're at in the process. Nobody has any idea essentially where, you know, other than the quarterbacks, where they're going to end up, where they're going to go. Um, and it's, it's part of the game. It's part of the dance. Um, and it's certainly going to be a little bit different this year, as opposed to years, years in the past. We're going to get to a little bit more here. We got some listener questions. Appreciate you guys all for that. We'll get to those in just a second. Just because football season is over does not mean you cannot continue to quench your thirst for sports betting. Where can you do it? BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account. Use, I'm sorry, at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code locked on. Again, all caps, no space. For your 50% welcome bonus at the only site that we trust. Whether it is college basketball, the NBA, NHL, NASCAR, MLB, all of these options are available to you through betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use that promo code locked up to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline. Your online sports book experts. We're going to get into some listener questions here. And again, guys, I, I you know I appreciate this, and uh, obviously they came flowing in here today. As you know, we had to take a little bit of a break, but we're going to get to you know as many as we can here as quickly as we can from 
Tom, uh, Tom Williams at Cleveland. I'm sorry. Your ad's too long. Tom Williams, good enough. What are the Brown, What are the chances the Browns bring back Sheldon Richardson if the Browns refuse a pay cut? Pete, they're going to do this with a lot of players. A lot, And this is going to go on in almost every facility within the NFL. Hey, I'm not asking for a lot. We're asking for a little, especially with teams that are contenders, which the Cleveland Browns are, folks. Get used to that word because it's fun to say. You're going to go to everybody. Hey, we need a couple of nickels, a couple of dimes here. Obviously, we're talking <laughs> a million here, a million there when we say nickels and dimes. But to get over this hump, do you want to be part of this party or not? If Sheldon Richardson says no to a possible pay cut, well, Sheldon Richardson, it's been fun. Um, so, okay, so he's made like $13 million each of the past two seasons, and I think if the Browns were to cut him, I don't think he's getting $13 million again. That's part of it. Nope. But I also do think he really wants to stay here. I think he's really happy with the situation. Um, what he did in what he did in 2019, when Miles was out and Olivier dealing with the injuries, and he was he took it up a notch, and he realized that he had to be the leader of that defensive line, and you know that certainly opens your eyes to him. And it certainly says that, you know, even though people were realizing right then that this team was not going to be as good as people were anticipating in 2019, he certainly answered the bell week in, week out. That The, the fact that um, obviously he's older, uh, I think he's grown up a little bit. Uh, I think he like really likes having Miles around. I think he likes that Miles is, you know, so good that it pushes him to be better and, and pushes him to sort of uh, try to compete with that. Um, so, I, I, yeah, we'll see. I, I, obviously, the the official salary cap number is going to be big, but my how I would approach it is um, he's scheduled to make thirteen point three million dollars. I would say, look, I'm happy to you know if we can get that number down to ten, uh, we'll guarantee the hell out of it, and I'll give you another year for another ten. Um, so you go to two years over twenty million because I think that would really help the Browns out right now to have him for one more year. It also would give him one year of that security. Um, then he'll finish up at 31. Um, he's a good player. He's not a great player, but you don't want I, – I, the, the, the defensive tackle draft is awful, the, the worst position in the class, and, and that may not even be enough to say how bad this class is uh, for that position. But – um, you know, there are some free agent guys, but this is not a year where I'd want to be out in the cold looking for defensive tackles. I just don't see a lot of answers and, and maybe some veteran cuts will, will help, but you know, I, I think the Browns want to Burn get in the hand. Burn yeah. Well, I, I think the Browns do want to get bigger there, but I don't see them. That's where Billings would come in. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a nose. I mean, Sheldon's your only three right now. It's him and Elliot. And and I like Elliot, but I don't think he's there. Um, so you don't – first and foremost, I wouldn't want to draft a rookie this year, even if the class was great, and get rid of Richardson because you're now asking a, a rookie and a second-year player to hold on this position. But I do think there's a value to having him around. I do think he obviously gets better as you add more players around him. But I think you can save about you know $3 million and get another year out of him, which is the best case for bo- both sides. 
Uh, no, I, I agree. And, and this, you know, again, this is something that could be handled in house as far as this position of group. You get Billings to, you know, say he's going to play this year. Uh, you know, and we talked about Larry Ogunjobi and, you know, uh, PFF saying they think it's a one year, two million, two and a half million type dollar contract. You get Sheldon to come off of his number a little bit, which means essentially you're paying the same money. Um, you know, Sheldon comes off to two and a half million dollars. You give that money to Larry. You already committed to this to Andrew Billings. And as Pete said, uh, you, you know, and these late cuts that come at the defense. Why wait for it? Why hope for it? You know, if you think you can go with these four, which was your intention for 2020, this was what you intended. These were the guys, uh, you know, that they were you know banking on to be their defensive tackle rotational group. Then finally get to see it, and you know maybe that can come to fruition for essentially the same money that they were going to commit to 2020 and commit to it to 2021, and you know find a way to help that defensive line out, you know, obviously from the outside as you have the inside taken care of and you can focus on, you know, some other things um, just makes for a, a smoother, easier off season uh, questions. As far as the wide receiver room uh, from my man, LA Brutus, uh, LA Brutus um, and uh, Mr. Mark Brown. Um, look, there's going to be changes somehow, some way. Um, if Jarvis and Odell are both here for 2021, Rashard Higgins, there's no reason for him to even probably entertain a contract offer from the Cleveland Browns. Donovan Peoples-Jones is coming up. Uh, they need to start looking beyond 2021 at the wide receiver position. And Pete, without losing your mind for the seven millionth time on this topic, there's there's going to be there could be major upheaval within the wide receiver room, meaning names. Or there could be minor, which mean you're adding some kids here who may not do the heavy lifting in 2021, but there will be eyes on them doing the heavy lifting along with Donovan Peoples-Jones in 2022. Uh, so I think the Browns are going to ultimately be deciding between Landry and Higgins. I think they will offer Higgins a deal. I think Higgins will take a deal elsewhere. Um, I don't think he wants to come back and be a wide receiver four, uh, which is what would happen. Uh, with, Which means he's he, never going to play. He's right. not going to well, play. It, it's what he was this past year up until the Beckham injury. They put speed on the field ahead of him. So, you know, I think he will go elsewhere uh, to get a, to get paid and you know, be able to play. Conundrum because 82 can get vertical, not so much as 80, but that's all I'm going to say. So if they, you know, if they if they they choose to stay with Landry, then I think Higgins will go elsewhere. Obviously, I think – the Browns will take a wide receiver early in the draft, and and there are any number of people I deal with who who refuse to accept this. They're going to do it. Um, they want speed in the worst way, and no, Odell Beckham by himself is not enough. They but even still, if they have faith in Donovan Peoples Jones and they bring in another young player who can get vertical, they can find the fill in other stuff from the wide receivers. They can find that going further. And the other thing is if they can turn that from a 30 million plus wide receiver room to a 15 million wide receiver room and get equal production because Baker Mayfield is the artist who uses everything on the palette. This is what smart people do, Pete. Well, I mean, even like obviously Kadero Hodge, you know, contributed. 
you know, again, with him and Donovan Peoples-Jones, if you actually look how many catches they had, it's not very many, and yet they both seemingly offered a meaningful role in this offense. Yep. So, uh, look, he, Baker Mayfield's favorite weapon is the guy who's open. Um, so if you get guys who can get open, he's going to find them. And if they go down the field, he's going to find them. Uh, that's obviously going to be a big, big priority. It's entirely a question of how else are they going to deal with the room, and that remains to be seen. Um, I, I again, I, I think the first three rounds is where they're going to get one guy. You know, if the value's there later, they may get another guy, but they're going to bring in you know somebody with speed. Uh, you know, that could be any number of players. Uh, obviously, Deami Brown is a very popular one out of North Carolina. Tylen uh, Wallace, not quite a burner, but he's still very good getting down the field out of Oklahoma State. I, I love Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Um, you know, people will criticize and say he's mostly a slot receiver. I think whether you're in this offense and you have tight ends, you can put guys like that on the outside, uh, not unlike a guy like T.Y. Hilton or, or players like that. He's not like uh, Tutu Atwell from Louisville. He is a hundred and at least listed 185 pounds. And you know, whatever he actually is on film, he is a strong kid uh, who, who, you know, doesn't shy away from contact has amazing balance and agility and makes tough catches. Like he does everything everybody loves about Landry. It's just, he also happens to do these other things which are super important. Um, So if you put him in the slot, he's going to be successful. If you put him outside, I think he's going to be successful. I, I, you know, I don't care about comparisons. I just think he's he's an exceptional player, and he's twenty. Uh, and and even better, he he gets all the personal fouls that Landry does too. Um, as as illustrated by the the whole dog peeing thing that got a coach fired. Um, you know, there's some growing up to do there, which is fine. He's you know, again twenty, but in that sense, he's sort of like Mayfield brash super confident and just a dude on the field so they're gonna find somebody like that maybe they're like an anthony schwartz a little later i I, you know i don't think they're gonna wait that long i don't think he does enough right now Uh, i think it's gonna be earlier but whoever they get i I expect it's gonna be fast and i really like rashad bateman um especially if you watch him as a junior I, i you know i don't know if they'll think he's quite fast enough but he can certainly play down the field uh in that role but i think they want more raw speed to stretch the field because it just obviously was such a limiting factor in so many things. So, you know, they don't have to do a whole lot to this wide receiver room to change things. I personally would, obviously. Um, I think the best case scenario would be to to trade Landry um, and and keep Higgins, uh, save, saving about $10 million in the process and getting an asset. Um, I think he's just better suited to play in this offense and with Mayfield. But um, whatever they do, it's gonna it's got to be faster than it was last year, and that is priority number one. It's time to take it up a notch. There's just no way around it at the wide receiver position, and it's not saying that you can't rerun it back with the LSU Bros, but you've got to be ready for the future at that position. It's just the way it is. Just. It's just the way it is, guys. We'll start to put a bow on this. Uh, P. Smith and his crew uh, from Browns Digest through SI.com. Uh, you know, off season. It's a great time for content. Uh, it's been it's been difficult Browns wise right now uh, for everybody. Um, again, quiet is good. Quiet 
is good for the Browns. Maybe not so good for the content business, but you got to hustle your butt. Things will start coming around soon enough here uh, as far as changes and adaptations to what will be the 2021 Cleveland Browns. Make sure you're checking out Brian, Browns Digest. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, always appreciate Pete. Uh, you know, gets a little more feisty on the timeline than I have the time to do uh, these days. But you know, Pete's passionate about what he does, and you know, you, you don't agree with him or you don't see the thorough picture or the entire picture. That's fine, and you know, everybody's got their favorites, and sometimes it, it sucks to have to say things that you know people are going to disagree with. It's just the state of the game; it's the way it goes. The show itself at Lockdown Browns follow back account DMs are open. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Uh, ideas for the show, questions for the show. We're always looking, always in seek of things that you guys want to hear. You make up what this show is. You are the people, you are the reason this show exists. So you have ideas, you want things you want to hear, please, by all means, drop me a line. Let me know. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.